Is this episode 34? Uh, I am hosting today. My name is Andre, aka your girl's favorite king of fighters. I'm joined today, as per usual, by Alex Colinas. I have no witty comments this morning. Uh, Allison Saigan. Saigon, pretty close. Uh, I'm trying to think of a witty comment, and I, I don't know if I can ever do it. Erica Hernandez. Hello. I'm not going to try. And the Eric Hernandez way of life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try. Damn. Hey, it's not like that. comments anymore. You, you wasted yours. Can't, can't. Reroll. We're doing it again. <laughs> and our best boy, Pat Cotter. Yep. Okay. Sam's maybe going to join us later. Did he say? I, I don't think he is. He I don't think he is. He didn't say past his, be- past his bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. We were so close. We almost had a full cast for like the first time in forever. Like two months or something. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, Can we make uh, it work like soon? Dog, dude. Dog, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I like these smaller casts. Nothing wrong with a full cast. Yeah. But we get a bit more for conversation going around about more in-depth things but anyway uh we're going to talk about some video games today uh and so alex is going to start us off with a video game i think i've never had taco bell what should i order if i was going to go there for the first time Ooh. Ooh. Uh, supreme for one you want to order a plastic bag Mm -hmm. um you're going to want to you're going to want to hang that like the handles around your ears Mm mm-hmm um and then so that way all the crumbs will fall on that and then when you puke it just goes right in the bag okay taco bell you're doing it wrong taco (laughs) bell is like an elixir of the gods i've heard it's also elixir of diarrhea you You do it wrong you just gotta do it right or you like that the fire sauce or whatever maybe i'll tell you for starters i don't know what it would be in canadian dollars but in american dollars if your order costs more than like nine dollars then you've made a mistake because that <laughs> means you have way too much taco bell but i really like the triple layer so i like the triple layer nachos a lot those are good yes the nacho fry supreme is available currently because nacho fries okay, are still around Oh, I don't, I don't know. Objection. I'm going to have to call a mulligan. This is not the giant beast cast. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have no. a quick question. Friends, am I a bad American because I've never had Taco Bell? No. <laughs> no. You're not a bad American. It's... You're missing out, but you're not a bad American. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, there's not one close to me, so I have it very rarely. But when I do, I go in, you know? Like, I had a a huge argument with some folks recently because I said that I like Taco Bell more than Chipotle and they acted as though they were going to pitch me into the Puget Sound and I learned that I'm learning that West Coast people with their Chipotle man it's like also, I mean, as the problem with Chipotle never... is it's real expensive yeah, and it and will it kill you different. 
you get salmonella from it. That's the real problem with Chipotle. <laughs> e. coli. Did they get yeah. a salmonella outbreak? I yes, in Ohio recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Not in the States. I don't, I don't have to worry about these things. They keep <laughs> having to close Chipotle's to retrain the staff on food safety. So I don't understand why people love it so much. Because it's big and delicious. So is Kidoba. I, I, I only go to like my local burrito joints, at least oh. when I was in the States. I would... Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, the, so, so the thing about of, Chipotle is that oh, no, go for it. it's just that you can uh, you can buy uh, if you buy a burrito and then chips, then you can have two meals with it, which which I did use in college. Hmm? Guac is actual, which sucks, but you know, yeah. living live a little. Used to suck because I would like order a bowl without meat in it before they started before they added the sofritos but i used to get like a meatless bowl and no cheese no sour cream and then they'd still charge me extra for guac and i'm like really i didn't get oh, meat yeah Wait, yeah no, I, I heard that yeah this substitute the meat for the guac so, so now you've hit on the best thing about taco bell as someone who i'm pescatarian so the only meat i eat is seafood and i don't even eat much seafood uh the at taco bell literally any meat item on any menu item you can just have them substitute beans for it yeah. and at every taco bell they know how to do that they know where the button is it's like almost never a mistake and you can order anything on the menu even if you don't eat meat and that is pretty awesome yeah checkmate exactly oh anyway. also the apple cinnamon like, empanadas more like and the cinnamon bites Oh, I've never had those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's rescue us from this Taco Bell hell. Um, you brought so us into I, it. This yeah. bird in that hell. Come oh on. My God. So I played a video game. I played two video games that we're going to be talking about this week. The first of which has, has to do with food, uh, which is something you'll also hear about later, but this is a different food video game. Uh, I played a little game that is for handheld devices, aka phones, and it's free to play. Kagura, bon appetit. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> no, it is called Hungry Hearts, and it is. I was introduced to it by my friend, and she's like, "You need to play this," and I was like, "Okay." So it is a free to play mobile uh, idle game. So idle game being like it's almost like a clicker, but it's not so much about clicking things fast and clicking things a lot. It's just about like planning ahead and reacting to scenarios and then clicking on the appropriate things so like it's not super deep gameplay but um the premise is you're playing as this grandma who's taking care of the family's japanese restaurant while her husband is sick and you start by making really simple dishes for a few customers like rice balls and stuff like that and then as the game progresses you end up making more and more complicated dishes for lots and lots of customers like fancy ramen bowls and stuff like that um so mechanically it's really really simple like i was saying but when you're playing it it's somewhere between really 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 relaxing and fairly fun because like there is a bit of management that you have to do and stuff like that but it's just super chill it's great um but the best part about the entire game is definitely like the story so it which is weird for a free-to-play idle clicker but it's not like a traditional linear story you um you're interacting with this cast of characters who come in and visit your restaurant and as they get to like your foods more and more they'll come back and come back and come back more often and then share more of their story so um you end up like learning all about these people's lives and like they share their problems with you and you as the old japanese grandma are giving your sage wise advice and stuff like that it's 
don't know. All the characters that come in feel super realistic and their scenarios are really relatable. And like every character grows over the course of the game. So like, I don't know, it's great. It has lots of like genuine life lessons all about real life problems like death and family and love and getting over loss and stuff like that. But it never feels preachy. Like it's always just really nice and genuine, like lovely advice. So I, yeah, I adored that, that little game. It's not very long. You could probably finish it in an afternoon if you wanted uh, without spending a dime. And huh. I, I think though you could do it that way, it's probably worth spreading it out and like kind of, you know, touch it for like 20 minutes a day, let, let its scenarios and interactions kind of settle in and you can think about them and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it's a great game, great game to reflect on. And I think it's totally worth checking out. Can you give cool. me the name again? It is called Hungry Hearts. Hungry Hearts. Uh, I'm looking at it, and there's a distinct last lack of Bruce Springsteen, which is kind of troubling to me, but otherwise <laughs> it looks very good. Yeah, I have almost no complaints about that game. I think it's great. Um, its music is really cute and charming. Like The animations are really adorable. The characters are all awesome. It's just, it's great. It's super fun. Awesome. Owner of a Hungry Heart. <laughs> I don't know. Did have you guys ever played like a idle clicker that had like a story? Because for me, that's kind of new. yeah, not really. Yeah, the, there's that space one. Yeah, space plan. Yeah, I don't know the story. That it's, it's very good. It's, it's on mobile, but it's also in a browser. I think it costs money on mobile. The like one that costs money. It's on Steam as well. It has additional stuff in it. The the mm. browser one's still available, but the one that costs money does have more things it's pretty quick too it's not like a super long thing it's just like a short narrative this sounds like it's a lot more in-depth yeah yes it is it is a very short uh it's a it's a short game and it's a little bit silly but it is fun i like space plane a lot yeah great yeah for an idle game if you want one with like a more of a driving narrative or something then space plan is gameplay is very interesting too it's not just click 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 some of it is like you have to actually think about how you deploy stuff Mm -hmm. yeah there is a bit of that like space you have to think about it (laughs) (laughs) very well said yeah like the way you plan in this game is uh if you go into every character like that comes in uh you can look at their profile or whatever and you can say oh this little girl really likes um an omelet with ketchup so if you know she's coming in later you'll prepare an omelet with ketchup and she'll fall in love with you and she'll keep coming back like that kind of thing that little girl is wrong fall in love with the grandma yep she'll fall in love with the grandma but anyways play that i do it every day <laughs> so that's um again love that game but um i think what we're probably uh, talking more about monochrome sorry one second that has audio um i played this video game that a couple of people have been talking about here and there called dead cells Ooh. never heard of it <laughs> yeah so um i've deliberately been kind of waiting to play that game like I followed it during early access because I love roguelikes and like one of my all-time favorite games is Rogue Legacy. So uh, I didn't want to like kind of, I, I just wanted to wait for the 1.0 release to get like the full experience and uh, mechanically I think it's probably one of the best playing 2D combat systems I've ever used and like yeah. like the navigation everything feels amazing so like the responsiveness of the controls and the fast travel gate system and stuff like that. 
like all that is really amazing but all that being said for me personally i think it might be my most disappointing game of the year like Jeez. i wow really dislike playing it and i've already uninstalled it wow <laughs> i expected that, that when you said i had thoughts have thoughts about this i was like alex is going to be the roadblock to making dead cells game of the year <laughs> which also so, means that celeste is not going to be game of the year <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that game has a ton of positives and like some it does some of the stuff that's like it's best in the industry at some of the stuff but for every positive i have like an equally huge negative like i think it's extremely poorly balanced and has really 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 big issues with its game design so where do you want to start (laughs) i mean i'm andre is more equipped to talk about it because i haven't actually like played through i've poked and prodded at I mean, I probably played about six hours of it since 1.0 came out, but I haven't had time to like, I haven't really had to, I've enjoyed playing that game as, oh, it's about a half hour before I have to go to bed. I'm going to do a run or two. Um, and I've enjoyed it in that aspect. Um, I haven't really seen any of the, any structural problems outside of, I do think that sometimes the way that it spawns enemies could be better. Um, I don't think it's like, horrible but i do i do find that there are occasionally enemy spawns that seem so difficult to deal with that i don't understand given the tools that are presented to you at that stage how you're supposed to get past them and there's been a few times where i've been like everybody's talking about this like they're progressing and i don't understand how but i also Hmm. accept that it's just more time you gotta spend more time playing which which specific enemies are you talking about? Are you talking about like the scorpions that pop out of the ground, or like the ninjas uh, so that kind of teleport enemies, to you? Like the guys that can teleport to you, those I feel are like the. There's a lot of the, they're extremely brutal because I feel like their timing window on when they telegraph their attack is so incredibly small that if you don't hit like if you don't hit the button immediately when their when their telegraph comes up, you're going to get hit. And sometimes if you hit it too fast your roll immunity is is gone by the time they swing and that enemy in particular bothers me because it's presented at the second level of the game which is like there's they're really 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 hard to deal with you are definitely going to get hit by them when you first encounter them and probably killed and i i so that's but that's really the only thing so far that i've found that frustrating and i think that if you not that i would really compare the game to dark souls but if you look at games that are very difficult like dark souls they have similar enemies that very early on seem that it's impossible to defeat them and then you learn more about how the game works and eventually you get around it so i'm kind of assuming that's where i'll get with a lot of that stuff and and i would say it's definitely that way like those ninja guys in particular they have a very uh they telegraph with an audio cue so as soon as you hear that audio cue you're like oh hit circle or whatever you're using as a controller um so i think the first few few runs you're totally right like the first few times you encounter those enemies it's probably going to feel like oh my god how do i even deal with this but the more time you do runs i think it becomes easier like now i can basically make it through the first three dungeons without taking a single hit yeah and like if i start a new save it would probably be the same way like even without current upgrades when i started i definitely had trouble with the teleporting guys but now 
like I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, like I know what to expect. And so like, I don't get like flustered or I'm not like surprised. So I'm just like, okay, yep, no, this guy's here and I'm going to roll past and then hit him. And like, that also depends on the weapons you have. Like sometimes I've got like a broad sword and I'm not used to the timing. So then I'm like, Oh, okay. Nope. I screwed that up. I hit the button at the wrong time and I got whacked for it. Yeah. yeah. So I th- like the more time you put into it, the more like, and you get used to, like the finer like tunings of the mechanics and all like once you're not like stressed about it it becomes a lot easier but like what you're saying about them like dropping those teleporting enemies on you is like yeah it it is like a little bit of a jump in difficulty on the second level yeah 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 uh i think that if there was a way to practice against them without having to spend the time excuse me getting to them that would be really cool Mm -hmm. i kind of wish the game had some sort of like hey you've unlocked the ability to practice against this enemy because you've killed one of them and then you can just mm-hmm. could just see the attack patterns but i that's a very minor complaint yeah so they're at least those are in the second level so you can just kind of run there real quick yeah yeah which eventually that'll get to one of my biggest problems with this game but i'll say um the first few runs were super fun like those first where you're kind of discovering the game and you're like kind of going in blind like i personally didn't use any guides or anything like that just to kind of experience it naturally yeah, I, that's kind of how i've been just what i've heard on podcasts yeah like i've deliberately not listened to anything that's talking about the mechanics just to just to dive in and learn it and just you know do it but mm-hmm. as i play through more and more and more and more runs like it never really changes like every time basically feels exactly the same like the layouts will change like the the dungeon layouts will change and honestly that stuff is really good like it feels super natural which is really hard to do as a programmer like it's hard to make that feel like you're generating real levels that people can play but isn't that the point of like the genre though is to i wouldn't say so like like for this in particular the gameplay flow always feels exactly the same like it's always the same enemies always the same general strategy like even if you're using other weapons and stuff and like the like I kept thinking about Rogue Legacy and how much better I liked that game. Even though, like, I went back and played it a little bit today, and it's not as pretty, it doesn't play quite as well, but, like, the the lineage stuff, like how you will play a game and suddenly you have the Vertigo, or, like, you know, other random stuff that changes and mutates the way you play, like, mm-hmm. that makes it way more interesting. And then, like, the enemies that show up are different depending on the run and stuff. But... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the permanent progression in that game is extremely slow, and it felt like nothing you were doing was ever significant. Like, grinding cells to upgrade your, well, yourself, like, to have more health potions, or whatever the case might be, or to unlock new weapons. Like, it's really far and few between. Um, I do agree with you it, that I think the permanent like, upgrades are slow. And, sorry, and, Andre. And, yeah, sorry, no, Andre. Uh, I th- yeah, I think you just have to like you have to devote runs to like farming cells, yeah, which and, is- like which I don't think is the best way to go about it. But I, like that's kind of what the game asks you to do without actually asking you to do it. So like running through and like getting the time doors to get like the bonus cells and stuff like that. So yeah, but like I don't know, I, it that just feels like really poor gameplay decisions to me. Like. Like for like for an example, like um, so yeah, grinding cells takes forever, and the unlock to get them far and few between. But when it comes to the weapons, like if you have unlocked the bl- blueprints for a bunch of weapons, you can't try those out before unlocking them. Like especially the abilities or like the mm-hmm. items, whatever you want to call them. 
Uh, so it's Ooh, kind of a gamble like as to whether or not you'll bomb. actually find use in it. Like I unlocked vaporism pretty early because I was like, oh, life steal. That seems pretty good, and it's a it's an item, so that means it'll have a cooldown, right? Nope. You can only use it once per dungeon. And I was like, well, <laughs> I really wish I hadn't unlocked that because I'm never going to use that. <laughs> like, vaporism. I just, that's I, a different. Uh, there's the tonic, which I think is a one-use thing. I think vampirism is on a cooldown. No, it's not. It's once per dungeon. Yeah. I I unlocked it specifically because I thought it would be on a cooldown, and it is not. So like I was like, I think okay. it used to be, so they changed that. Yeah, like I I got that. I was like, well, this is something I'll never use. So if I run into that in the dungeon, I just walk by it. Or like, yeah. I was like, oh look, this boot thing looks pretty funny. Haha, <laughs> let's unlock it. And like. Every time I see it, I'm just like, well, just gonna pass that by because that's complete garbage. So like, yeah, ha half of the weapons just feel like shit to me. Like, so it's like if I'm not interacting with half of the weapons because they feel terrible, then that's just poorly. That's like kind of well, waste. It's wasting your time. I think that's true in almost any action RPG though that each person's gonna come at it with. Because in in games like the Souls games, there are definitely uh, weapons that I think are that I hate to use. Monster Hunter is another great example which is I've been playing that a lot the last few days and like monster hunter, there's weapons I hate to use, but to other people, that's like the whole game. So, mm -hmm. but I think you make a good point about the problem is you can't control that experience in dead cells. It would be fine if out of the weapons, you only liked half of them. If you could guarantee you were going to get one that you'd like every time. Well, and I mean, that is frustrating. In, I think in roguelikes, I get it. It's random roles. Like it, you don't have any control over that. Like think of binding of Isaac, right? Like you have no control over what you get. And like, it's just yeah. an infinite pool. You're not unlocking new things really. Uh, you, yeah, you are to an extent, but like talking about the core ones. Um, yeah. so like, I'm, I'm kind of shitting on it, but uh, there's some stuff that's really awesome in there too. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Andre, oh, have you gotten the automatic bow or whatever it's called? Uh, yes, that, is that, that the, is that the one? I've got like the double boomatic or whatever, where yeah. it shoots in two directions, yeah. which is it's very that, good. That one's really good, especially when it has status effects like fire or ice or poison yeah. and stuff like that. Like yeah. that stuff is really cool. But I don't know. Once like, you get further in the game, you get the ability to upgrade like the weapons as they're in your inventory, and yeah. then you can upgrade them to like uh, to plus, and then you can upgrade them to like double plus. And that, get, and then you can also upgrade it to the point where more like 100% of the items you find will start as a plus, so they'll all have like a status effect to start. Yeah, the forge, the get, forge like, is really interesting. Upgrade to double plus, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the forge like, is interesting for that, but also it takes like if you want stuff to be plus plus, it takes 3,000 cells. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's kind of insane. Like it's just untenable unless you're doing yeah. like, the new game plus runs but yeah i don't know uh, like, like I was, i've gotten to the point where i can get like 89 souls or you know 100 souls by the time i get to like the forge or whatever and so at least that's, i feel like i'm making some progress towards that stuff but yeah like 3000 yeah. is so much yeah like yeah. And, like you you can get a multiplier with the new game plus that makes it a little better and more reasonable but still it still feels it's the exact same run every time so and they like there's added enemies and stuff and they like but some of them are just like stupid they're enemies that are in like previous runs but they're like they show up earlier mm -hmm. and like that's actually given me some trouble because like i get like stun locked by some of them yeah. and it's just the stupidest i've made it to the final boss on like the first modifier mm -hmm. once but i wasn't able to beat it because he's a fucker yeah <laughs> i that's one thing i've I've seen people like I've kind of read discussion online as well. People complaining about the difficulty. Uh, I personally, I think the difficulty is largely fine. Uh, the balance is pretty decent, 
But that being said, the last dungeon and the final boss are just like the worst. Like they're just bad balancing. It was like it felt like they rushed it. Like um, I feel like the last level to me, the last level is fine. Like every time I've gone through, like I've been able to do it. I don't think I've, I've maybe died in the last level once on uh, the times I've been to it. But like the boss, it's just so ridiculously hard compared to yeah. everything else you fight. Like the I, I've made it through the final dungeon as well every time, but like. It feels like it's made artificially difficult by throwing in a bunch of really high-powered, like, far-reaching baddies that you can't touch sometimes, like the spinning dude. Like, a yeah. lot of the time, you have to be, like, really slow with him. And, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, the, the, the final... It's just a... It's a bad boss fight, <laughs> and it's in a bad arena. Like... Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the, yeah. The arena's um, probably the worst part. Um, for me, like, it's... Since now I know, like, what's in each level, I can, like, prepare for it and go, okay... If I find this kind of weapon, I need to pick it up because I know I'm going to want it. Like, I know I'm going to want a bow when I go into the final level because I I don't want to get near those guys. And and that's that's another problem (laughs) that I have with it is that, like, I want to get to the final level and practice on it. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you want to properly fight it, you have to go slowly and collect health upgrades and get weapons that will actually serve a purpose. Um, but like, also the game kind of encourages you to go fast with those timed rooms. But if you do that, then you're probably not going to get every health upgrade or weapon and stuff. And it's just like, I don't really know what they're going for. Like, sure, it's multiple play styles, but like, it it seems just, I don't know. It's a weird game I, design choice I, I think- for me. I think that game is all about trying to force you outside of your comfort zone at every turn. It's trying to get you to play it on its terms, not on your terms. And I think that could be very, I'm not even ascribing this to you, but I think that Mm -hmm. could be very frustrating for a lot of people who, who play those kinds of games. I think for some people they thrive on it, but I think for a lot of people it's not fun and just frustrating. I think it's annoying because at some point I stopped wanting to engage with the combat, which is very good, because I was just like, I just want to roll past all these enemies and just get to the fast rooms. And it's like, well, I'm not really playing the game anymore. I'm just running past everything and (laughs) trying to do it in a fast, like, you know, Uh in a fast way. So, but again, doing that, if you want to reach the boss fight and try it, then it leaves you at a disadvantage. So, like, I feel like it's not really... Yeah. Uh, the and I, I think my biggest stickler with it is that like the thing I I liked in Rogue Legacy the most was the permanent upgrades and this game has permanent upgrades but they're I don't know they kind of suck <laughs> like you don't really see a discernible it's difference not like stat bonuses it's yeah not like, permanent stat bonuses it's just like it's items that you can get it's also drop. presented it's in a totally different way whereas is. in Rogue Legacy it's like oh in between runs i'm gonna manage and then i'm gonna go into my run and i think in that sells the fact that it's in between levels and when you die there is every time you die the it's an well shit i died moment there is no like well i died but now i get to spend my money it's like i died i lost you know 40 cells and that was a waste of time so the first time i got to the last boss fight it took me like an hour and something so Mm -hmm. long run and uh, I'd been upgrading stuff, and I, I think by that point I had two of the three runes. Like I had the vine one and the the smashy one. Uh, oh, okay. And because I think it's, it's the smashy one, then the spider one, right? I got like so I started playing in early access, and I got oh. the vine, then I got like the sarcophagus. Oh yeah, so that was the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get the smashy or the spider until like it came out in 1.0. Right. But I also but, wasn't playing much. 
but yeah so like i got basically two shot on that boss fight because i had no idea what was coming and then the build i had was just completely useless against it um mm-hmm. and then i got sent back to the start of the game and i started a new run and i was like the start of this run feels exactly the same as my previous run and the five before that like now i have an extra health potion and now i can do some extra stuff with abilities but like i don't know man <laughs> like the abilities don't feel like they do that much like yes it's cool but like i don't know i i was expecting more of it like i i really wish the permanent upgrades changed things in a discernible way it just doesn't feel like it changes things that much yeah if the combat isn't like really pulling you along then i don't know if the game has much to offer you uh and like i've been playing i'll talk about them after everyone else is done talking about their games but like the two games i've been playing the combat they're very similar in their 2d action fighting games or whatever mm-hmm. not fighting games but 2d action games like that and the combat just isn't as good as dead cells and just it was making it's making it hard to enjoy those games as much as yeah. if dead cells weren't as good yeah and i totally agree i think like i said right at the start i think it's probably the best 2d combat i've ever played in a game but it, it's just a shame that i feel like the game it's really let down by the game design so well, i yeah. also feel like people were talking about it like i've heard multiple people compare it to rogue legacy 2 so it's actually really interesting to hear this because I've, i have it but i've only played you know a handful of runs here and there Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I love Rogue Legacy, so it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see how much this game pulls me along too, because it feels really good to play. But uh, I was like, I've I've heard so many people talk about Rogue Legacy with uh, in connection with uh, Dead Cells that that might actually be kind of a mistake for people who love Rogue Legacy. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a way different experience. I think in mm-hmm. some ways it's way better, but in a lot of ways, Rogue Legacy does stuff better. <laughs> I love Rogue Legacy, but part of the struggle I had with that game is that a lot of the differences between runs with like the like, oh, you're blind or you're colorblind or whatever that started after I played a lot of that game. um, And after a while, it started to feel gimmicky, I guess, like it didn't feel like it actually was a meaningful difference. So I ended up by the end of my time with Rogue Legacy. I still think it's a great game, but I ended up getting kind of frustrated with it in a similar way to what you're describing, because I was like. None of this shit matters. Just let me play. Let me turn off the stuff that doesn't matter and play it with things that do matter. And so I ended up getting frustrated with that game because of that. But I also think that uh, they're very different experiences that are going to appeal to a different kind of run based game player. Uh, Like I think Rogue Legacy and Spelunky are a lot closer to each other. And I think that Dead Cells is like a, Dead Cells is almost like more of a Metroidvania where you die a lot and have to start at the beginning every time. Like it, it's just like it feels very different than the typical uh, run-based game. And Spelunky is another one that like I think it's impeccably designed, but I could never get into it because it focuses so much on the platforming, and I don't like platforming. Um, which was, I think, the other thing that frustrated me with about Rogue Legacy eventually too. <laughs> yeah rogue legacy had its fair share of problems like sometimes like do you remember those oh, yeah. uh those platforms that you had to, like butt jump on so they would expand yeah like those weren't mm-hmm. always really responsive and stuff like that so, yeah, yeah it, I agree. it was also required like i feel like they were one of the hardest things to 
like get right in terms of it like i feel like once you practice a lot you got pretty decent but it was like is the chest at the end anywhere near worth the possible demise kind of to andre's point it's it all comes down to like if you clicked really well with the charm and style of rogue legacy then that is and and the platforming aspects then it's going to pull you through that game in the same way that dead cells is all about the combat. And if the combat really clicks for you, like for, I have found that I've liked pretty much every weapon that I've picked up just situationally they're for different things, but it's going to be very much to taste whether or not there's enough there. Uh, and whether or not the, I do agree that I think it has, if I think it's very near, perfect for what it's trying to do for my money but i do agree that there's some stuff with enemy placement that is problematic that i've seen um and it sounds like at the end level definitely i'm kind of interesting interested to see if uh as i play more if my experiences will be closer to who my experiences will be closer yeah. to. <laughs> same um, for me really just because it's like uh because I, I, one of the things that I, that I really did love about Rogue Legacy was just the general loop of it, especially with upgrades. So now hearing that a lot of the permanent upgrades don't have quite so much uh, impact, that makes me go, hmm, I don't know. But but then also I love the Binding of Isaac, so I don't even know. It, yeah, I feel it, like it's, it all depends. It's like the my, permanent upgrade system is more akin to Binding of Isaac than it is to Rogue Legacy. That could be part of it too, because I love conceptually what Binding of Isaac does, but the I find the art so repulsive to me, just as a style thing. <laughs> I can't. It, I mean, that's just, my least favorite part of it, but it is, just it is my most played game by yeah, far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I respect that people love that game. I'm not necessarily trying to, to dunk on it, but I tried. I played like two or three hours, and by the end of that time, I was just like, this is gross. I don't like it. <laughs> and and, and I, should, I should totally note, I think Dead Cells is extremely well made. And I think mm-hmm. like for the person who it hits on all cylinders for, I could never, ever fault them. I'd be like, yeah, totally yeah, get yeah. it. It's just for me, I think the game design is very uh, questionable. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like a programmer who's made games and stuff like that. So maybe I'm more, uh, I know how the sausage is made. And maybe I'm just like, oh, I would have done these things different. So like, it's a very personal reason that maybe I don't like it very much. Maybe Allison, you'll find it to be the best game you've ever played. You also so. don't have to, no one has to like any game. Oh yeah, totally. Like <laughs> look at the legend of Zelda true. breath of the wild. That game is terrible. <laughs> oh my God. I do think that we could discuss <laughs> games without making objective statements about things. I'm mad on Twitter by saying breath of the wild was lame. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm just joking. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm I not. Joking too. It's a bad game. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm not joking when I say you're wrong. Anyways, Sam's not here. You're outnumbered. America, by the way, <laughs> anyways, Dead Cells. It's out now. <laughs> it is. Uh, speaking of out now, Allison, tell us about your game that is probably out now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I've been playing it. Um, actually, I have two quick things to update. Uh, I have two quick things to update on. Uh, so, uh, Octopath Traveler. I've just gotten through all of the chapter fours for all the characters. So basically, that means all the character stories are done. Um, I'm taking a break because I've spent over uh, like 94 hours on this game so oh far. God. <laughs> so it, I'm like, so I. You know, I think it was. I think it was. I really, I really liked it. I know that I liked it a lot more than you, Andre, but I liked how character focused all the stories were. I felt like 
like some of the endings were a bit cheesy and I don't know if they're fully there, but I felt like it was all of the stories were super character focused, which I really appreciated because uh, sometimes you don't know, you don't always get that in a, an RPG. I, and that's what I really connect to with stories is the characters. So having it be all character focused was nice. Getting, I wish there was more interaction, but getting to some of the uh, more of the character dialogues, and then also there's like the three person uh, character dialogues that was that you can just kind of randomly stumble upon, and you're like, "What is this?" And it's that's really fun, and um, the combat's really good. Although at a certain point, I feel like I've kind of figured out how to exploit the combat really well, um, just because I'm like, "Oh, if you just do this and this and this, I'll like." I, I I like I don't know if many of the bosses are super hard. Like some of like especially the last chapter, all the chapter four bosses are all at level forty five. So when you get to the last chapter eight one, it's like I was like all level sixty on all my characters. So I'm like going at it, going like, well, okay, that was it. Um, but I'm I'm probably gonna try for the post game stuff with it. Um, all the story, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but all the stories actually kind of connect in a neat way. And I haven't gotten to the post game stuff yet, so I don't know if this is like actually happening, but it, it all kind of hints towards a, like a larger thing, which is kind of like, oh, okay. Um, I, I kind of wish they would have spread that out a little bit more in the story, but you kind of realize all the chapter, all of the stories are kind of converging. So that was you- that was kind of cool. How does but, that revelation come about? Is it just by playing all the final story, like the chapter four stuff, or is it? Yeah, like other- and you also it's it's all the chapter four stuff, and you also don't um, it does it's not really explicit. Like, oh, all of our stories are the same. It's like you kind of have to go wait. So this connects to this. Oh, and so what this character, this like main antagonist has been doing, has connected to this. Not all the stories connect, so there are certain ones where you're like, okay, well, it'd be kind of nice if you could make all of them work together neatly but but a good number of them all kind of connect to this post game stuff that i ha- i still haven't gotten to mm-hmm. um i know that you have to like unlocking it is kind of weird like you have to go through a couple of different side quests and make sure they're yeah. all done it like it doesn't really indicate like oh there's this thing but if you play through all the chapter four stuff you can kind of um you can kind of infer, okay, this is what we're going to be fighting. So that that was kind of neat. Um, but it, it, it ends where I totally understand where people who have issues with it are coming from. Uh, I, I don't think it's a perfect game. I just think it hit me in a very specific place where I was just like, I love everything about this game, even though it's it, like, like I, the flaws don't matter to me as much and the strengths really hit me in a good way so i've been really enjoying that um who ended and, up being your favorite character oh um that's hard i i do really like primrose her i feel like her story is good um uh let's see i liked all of them really uh i also i think that there's I've actually been a little bit frustrated with the way that discourse evolved around that game because of course everyone has their own opinion, but the notion that unless the characters are all hyper interconnected and it all comes together into one big like point of convergence, the notion that that is how that game has to go for it to be a good story is extremely frustrating to me because like 
why can't it be a really cool anthology piece? Like I get the complaint that the characters right. don't interact enough early on. Sure. That's a fair criticism, but, and of course, mechanically it's going to hit. On. Huh? Not just early on as the whole game. <laughs> well, whatever. But the, the, the point though, is that like, not every game has to be Mass Effect. Not every game has to be a Bioware RPG where all the characters end up, wait, your brother is this person and I killed this person, blah, blah, blah. The fact that it sounds like they tangentially connect in kind of convoluted ways, that's okay. I don't really know why it caught so much flack for the fact that the characters aren't all as interwoven from the get-go. I can accept why someone would maybe not enjoy that, but the way that people talked negatively about it I don't know. It it felt like it feels like the game is trying to do something interesting narratively and a lot of the response to it was no, just give me just give me either straight JRPG or BioWare story, style storytelling. That's all that's ever going to work for role-playing games and I just I hate that. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like I, I get where people are coming from with that mostly because there are a couple of scenes where it is a little bit jarring because yeah. you'll, the the character because it, the all the cutscenes approach it like the characters alone, but you have this whole crew kind of backing you up in every single one. So I I get the complaint. Um I I, I do wish that there had been a little bit more interconnection and not necessarily with the story but with the um like interaction because all the interactions between the characters was really really charming and so i just like, felt give like, me more it just it, felt like that game got really dismissed and it it went from like oh that's a cool demo oh this is great wait i can't make these characters fuck never mind forget this game I, and it was like i never saw that in the discord i'm kind of but... i'm kind of kidding about the <laughs> romantic part i'd never heard anyone yeah, complain about that but yeah. although andrea is right in that ophelia and hanet are otp but um but any but but i feel like I, I mean there are certain points in the especially in the chapter four where the characters are like yeah we've been on this big journey together and i'm like give me more it's not yeah, necessarily sure. that i think it's bad but i'm like i want more of these characters because they're all so super great so I I think that I, I totally understand where all the criticism they're coming from, but at the same time, I'm like, this game is for me, and, yeah. and I love that it's so it's so character driven. Like that's the biggest thing that I'm that I'm going with, and that I wish more RPGs were like that. Because if all RPGs had like similar care and attention to every single character in a story, um, and like getting resolved and getting, you know, having their own personal journey, then I would be like. I need to play every single RPG. Yeah. Um, so the other Only thing that I want story involved more than talking to two people in a town and then killing some monsters. <laughs> well, I mean, there are certain ones where it was a little bit more, but not, you know, it, it definitely, all the chapters definitely had a very, like, not similar loop, but like it had a, it, it, they had their own, I don't know. Like you kind of knew how the chapters would unfold, I guess. Like you, you'd get some surprises story wise, but you kind of knew, oh, and you start in a town and then you move out to a dungeon. But but there were some moments that I think were kind of surprising in how they dealt with that. Um, like I do think that uh, Primrose's chapter four, that's why I, I like Primrose so much is that I feel like that does interesting stuff. Um, cool. Yeah, but but yeah, um, and the other thing I wanted 
bring is uh so i bought the most uh currently relevant console of all time which is a playstation vita oh my god <laughs> oh yeah like going to cancel it or, <laughs> did you join the wake up club cancel <laughs> They're going to oh, no, bring the games you're playing to the PS4 any day now. Honestly, they will because I'm or playing Steam. Persona 3. They came out on Steam. <laughs> think, do you think they'll put Persona 4 Golden on anything else? No. I do not. But uh, that's that's, the first, so many that's the first I game know. I got. Uh, I got Persona 4 uh, Golden. I got Persona 3 Portable, which I've been playing through first. I got... Um, and I've gotten like a couple of other cheap games at GameStop. So I like went. And I, was, I felt like really weird asking about it. But then I, I the the person there saw I was getting Persona Four uh, Golden, and he was just like, "I, I get you." Okay. Um, so he's just like, "Oh, that makes sense." So actually, I, I got like a used machine, but it was apparently completely brand new. It was just like a like the person had apparently ordered a Japanese a Japanese one by mistake, and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna." I'm going to trade this in at GameStop, apparently. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but it seems pretty pretty good. Um, but I actually really like it. I mean, okay. I know that it's a... Uh, Why did you get a Vita instead of a TV, Vita TV or PlayStation TV or whatever? Vita t- PlayStation TVs are expensive now, apparently. Oh, what? Like, I yeah, was they're hard up, to find. But they're like, but they, they are pretty much like... Getting a Vita was actually about, about the same amount as a PlayStation TV would cost. Um, and I like the portability. Those things so, are like fifty bucks. What the yeah, hell? now they're like close to one hundred fifty. Wow. I don't know. I don't know why, because somebody, because I, I was talking about it with some other Facebook people, and they're like, "Why don't you get a PlayStation TV?" So I looked it up on Amazon. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I not. It's more. It's about as much, and I, uh, I like the portability factor. So, okay, yeah. So it's 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 been good. I it's it's one of those things where I, I felt very. I, f- I felt kind of silly pulling it out like on the bus and stuff because it's like oh it's a Vita but I, I I think it's I think it's a nice system and I generally like portable gaming a lot so um, it has a lot I, of really good indie games on it yeah yeah and and also all the PlayStation One titles um, like I've gotten and then it has all the old person the all all the old PlayStation psp games on it so i mean there's a, there's a lot of, there's a, a fair amount of content especially um since i bought it like or my first thought when buying it was to make it a persona machine so i'm like okay there's there's actually yeah. some decent decent stuff on here it's not it's just gonna be persona dance, for, uh, for dancing all night dancing all night yeah. yeah it's totally worth it for all of the different dancing persona games you can night. play on it dancing Sunday. I, I uh so I go and they first open pre-orders for the new Dancing All Night or whatever the Persona Five Dancing All Night ones. Uh, there's a price error for like a little bit on Amazon, so I am now getting the giant, um, normally hundred dollar pack for sixty bucks. So I kind of so, so, so I was like, oh, I should probably play Persona Three and Four. Is, is <laughs> that is that all of the dancing games or is it? Yep. It's okay. three, four, and five. Which is Which, the price it should be and not $60 per fucking game. <laughs> so, so Allison, have you yes. started Persona 3 Portable then? Yeah, I've, oh. I've played several hours of it so far. I've gotten to the, like, there's the first full moon event. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, where you're on a train, and then I just got past that. So, I'm, uh, are, are I'm you actually playing really a, Are you playing as a lady or a dude? 
I'm playing as a lady. I was wondering, like, because they were telling me, like, like, because the thing was like, oh, it's gonna make a difference, and I was like, oh, is this should I play both? But I'm like, I don't. I'm not gonna play both, so I'm gonna play as a lady. But so that that version of the game is actually a lot different than the Mm -hmm. PS2 one, like structurally a lot different, and I never it makes me kind of sad because I like the structure of the PS2 version significantly more, but I also really like narratively how they incorporated playing as a woman into the game too. So I really, really, really would love it if they would re-release persona three as a definitive edition on like PC and modern consoles and allow you to play it structurally either as that version or the original but either way work in the choice of gender into the bait the core experience um i don't think they ever will do that because they have never released a persona game like on pc so i doubt that'll happen but that was one of the most frustrating things to me about that that version of that game excuse me Yakuza made it to PC, so maybe, maybe, yeah, good. maybe, but I don't know. I don't see it. I hope so. Imagine though. the mods. Imagine the people modding Persona. Oh my God. So Persona Three <laughs> is my favorite Persona game. I understand why people love Persona Four so much, and I do need to finish Persona Five. But Persona Three was the one that like I, it blew the doors off that series for me. I loved that game so 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 much. Oh, these kids are shooting themselves in the head. Yeah, so that was definitely, it was, you know, I was at the right age that was edgy Mm -hmm. and dark and appealing that they were like, whoa, this is like the craziest (laughs) anime shit. Um, But then it kind of like, it's way deeper than that one in the story. Now I just want a Yakuza and Persona crossover. Oh, that'd be so good. I got (laughs) a Persona game that played like Yakuza. <laughs> I want I want oh, Majima. Yeah, I was gonna say it has to have like yeah, like Majima and stuff. Everyone, everyone's like, oh my god, this is his shadow, but then it's just a real dude. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject, no. Allison. You want to know something real crazy, real quick? I'm sorry. Let me interject this it. thing real quick. Uh, we went to a Don Quixote while we were in Japan. Yep. And they played the song that's in the Don Quixote in, in Yakuza. And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I like license that song. But like, and I just like looked at each other. We were buying suitcases because we had too much shit to bring home. <laughs> we were just like staring at each other across the aisle. It's like, whoa, can't believe this is happening. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, sorry, you can continue. <laughs> Oh, I think Allison's. Oh no, we lost. We lost. Nope, there she is. Maybe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hi. We have you. We have you now. Good. Yeah, it was was definitely back and forth for a while. (laughs) Uh, Any other any other thoughts, Allison? Do you want to share about your PSP Vita? As it dies on the vine. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Rip. You may have lost Allison. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, I know what's going on. Much like uh, Vita, Allison's internet is dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It will never 
die. My Vita, I have a launch Vita and it still works. It, 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 I mean, the Vita itself is functional, but as a console, as a platform, not, not if they shut down the store. And Look, I can play fucking homebrew Doom on my Vita any day, anytime, whenever I want. You can play, play, play Doom on yeah. your thermostat. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I played Counter-Strike on a PSP one time. That was not great. That's, that sounds awful. I was yeah, really into homebrewing on the PSP. <laughs> it was Sprite. Like, they turned the 3D models into sprites. So it would run. But it was totally Counter-Strike on a, Vita, or on a PSP. Okay, one last time, Allison. Any other thoughts you would like to share? Uh, early in September, I'm going to be going on vacation and having a lot of travel time, so I'll probably be playing a lot of Persona on my Vita, so I'll have a lot more to update uh, in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Okay, sounds good. Uh, speaking of traveling, I saw Erica, Erica while she was traveling. Yeah, That's I actually... Weird. You talked about it last week, I assume. But... I did. Oh, you guys can't be on the podcast anymore. Because <laughs> we know each other now. Yeah, you can go to your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, I actually, I have a story about Japan um, that I forgot to mention last you, week. Was it about Don Quixote? You just told that. No, it's about the gelato art that I was doing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with that guy you met by the dock. <laughs> I'm so excited to get an update on this. Okay, yeah. but I'm gonna I'm gonna save it as until after I talk about Overcooked because I want to leave it on a happy note <laughs> because yeah, I'm about to drag Overcooked. Yeah, is Overcooked, overcooked is overcooked, gelato? Oh, is Overcooked the dead cells of like co-op Whoa. multiplayer games? Whoa, <laughs> people like dead cells. Okay, no, I mean, you like have your opinions, but <laughs> I like can't. Overcooked too. Too. Oh boy. Anyway, um, Overcooked. Have you guys all played Overcooked one? A, a little bit. A little bit. bit. All the um, way through. Yeah. <laughs> I, the last Did time I played Overcooked, I played Overcooked one, and I didn't think I would like it. And then I was drunk, and I was forced to play it with two other drunk people. <laughs> I hated it. But then I bought it on Switch for some reason. So I have a weird history with it. <laughs> Yeah, I've only played it. Uh, I didn't have anybody to play it um, multiplayer, so I tried the single player for a while, and I was like, and you really very quickly realize, oh, this is 100% made for multiplayer. Yeah. Like, they technically have the single player, but it's kind of wonky, so I, I didn't get very far into it. I okay. bought it on Switch to play with a specific friend, and then I moved on the to the other side of the country from that friend, and they don't have a Switch, so... <laughs> 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 that's funny yes. um but yeah like I i've only played it um couch co-op which is one of the new things they've added into overcooked 2 is you can play online co-op now too which i don't know how <laughs> like i mean i guess you could be screaming at your friend through like your headset but it, i don't know i played with that connected to your phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> It's called TeamSpeak. <laughs> I played on PS4. It. I, I use Mongo. Just anything. But um, yeah, <laughs> I played with my husband, who I played Overcooked 1 with. And I really enjoyed Overcooked 1. Um, I had fun with it. I bought the DLC, played through the DLC also. And uh, I, it's like a good... I don't want to say chill, but, you know, 
relatively chill game. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's pretty pick up and play. Like if people have never yeah. played video games before, they can probably get it within like 15 minutes. Yeah, like I bought I bought it for my sister who doesn't really play video games for Christmas and um, she had fun with it. She played it with her boyfriend. She sent me a picture of her boyfriend lying down on the ground after spending two hours trying to beat one level with her. But um, that being said, Overcooked 2 is not a game I will buy for my sister because it is significantly harder than overcooked mm-hmm. one um and the the difficulty spikes are very strange like they there there are a bunch of levels in a row where like it's super easy and it's like oh we had no trouble clearing three stars and then um and then we'd get you know to one level in the middle that you know we had to play like three or four times and then you know you'd go back to a couple of easy ones or like in the middle and it's just like I don't know. It ramps up in a weird way that kind of doesn't make sense. Um, and the other thing too, is that it seems like they missed, at least for me, what I think is great about overcooked one. And that's like the levels where you're talking back and forth constantly, and you really need to work together in order to get orders out, um, are, are the best levels in my opinion. And, there were a lot fewer of those in this one. This one was sometimes uh, Xavier and I would say, okay, I have the first order, you work on the second order. And so we would just do things completely independently because it was easier to do it that way than to try to work together on stuff occasionally. But I mean, and then the best levels were the ones where we had to work together constantly. Like they, they added throwing in this one, um, which I didn't realize was added. I, I thought it was in the first one, but Alex told me they added that. Um, and so sometimes you have to like throw things across like a barrier to somebody on the other side. Uh, and um, so that, that stuff is, it's fine. It's fun, but it's not, it doesn't feel like they changed enough to make it a sequel. It felt like it could have been split up into like DLC for the first one. Because I don't know, it's just like it's disappointing. It's like <laughs> I wanted there to be more changes for Overcooked Two or something interesting at least, but it was just like this kind of sucks. <laughs> did you did you finish it? Because I've heard it's also really yeah. short. Yeah, we we beat the whole the game. The the writing wasn't great either, but I mean, I think that I don't really remember what the story was for well, Overcooked. Didn't the first you have to one. travel back in time to oh right, yeah. learn how to cook food for the devil or something. No, or it was a giant spaghetti and meatball monster that <laughs> oh, was like right. taking over a city. Yeah, so this one there's there's the unbred, which are like zombie baguettes that you have to feed the horde um okay that's pretty good (laughs) that's a good pun i kind of like the unbred (laughs) like that's 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 fun but i feel like anytime i was talking to like the the onion king or whatever it was like i don't know he, he was there was too there was too much story <laughs> feel for overcooked but um also which was really weird there are like secret levels um there and um you in them you have to make dog food for the onion king's dog kevin um and for whatever reason i don't know why they don't tell you ever how to like unlock those levels so we ended up looking them up online and it's you know completely 
just random stuff like okay on level three four you have to get 500 points or you know you have to get a combo of eight and they never ever say anywhere in the game like how to get them so i was just kind of i kind of wished like kevin would like pop up and say hey maybe you should play this level one more time and get some more combos or something but i don't know also the map is real weird like I don't know if you remember, like, the, the level select on the, the first one. It was kind of like a cute, like, you, you drove around to different things and you, uh, think that your environment kind of jiggled around you, sort of. But, uh, it's still that. But for some reason, they've added in buttons that you have to drive over to get ramps what? to, like, go up to the next level. <laughs> it's like there's, like, terrain, but you have to, like, you have to go find a button, drive over it, and then go up, like, the ramp to go to your next level which is bad (laughs) we've all been there on a road trip and you're driving and then you're like oh there's this ledge i need to get up i gotta go find the button and drive over it (laughs) yeah get a red key that's what it was like when i moved out west (laughs) drive over the buttons that that was lewis and clark's whole journey just looking for buttons But yeah, like, I think if you love Overcooked, like, I'm not mad I bought it. Uh, I'm not, like, angry I played through it or anything, but... I'm mad about that. (laughs) Well, I don't love Overcooked, so... Yeah, I was going to say, if you really loved Overcooked and you just want more Overcooked, it's just more Overcooked. Like, it really is just more of that. Um, Some of the levels are better than others. But, you know. Mm. Yeah. So let me tell you guys about gelato guy. I'm way more concerned about this story than I am not overcooked. Okay. So if if you all remember before I left for my vacation to Japan, I told you guys I was going to be doing gelato art mm-hmm. with a guy named mm-hmm. Vicky mm-hmm. on Airbnb yep. who gave me coordinates. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I looked this guy I looked this guy up on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. A very tragic backstory. Yeah, you were calling me out. Yeah, like when I was I was with Andre the day before we went. And Andre on the train is like looking this guy up and is telling me about like his dead brother. Oh, that's and, too bad. Like, yeah, I was he's bumming me out so hard. And when I met him, I was like, yeah, there's a sadness about this guy. Aww. But Aww. he just wants to share his gelato art. Yeah. That being said, I had a lot of fun. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I think he's very nice. Um, he went to college in Canada and the guy is like the, the house he lived in the house, the dorm manager. I don't know if he, he called it a house, um, that whoever couldn't say his name and dubbed him Mickey and he's been Mickey ever since. Huh. <laughs> so he is Japanese then. Yeah. He's, he's Japanese. I can't remember what his, his actual Machihiro, name is. Maybe. What? Machihiro. No, I don't think it was that. Um, but anyway, so he came out with uh with like some worksheets <laughs> where we had to decide like what uh what theme we wanted our gelato to have um i picked an akita dog which was a mistake uh, because i can't draw <laughs> i am not an artist i should have picked something that has a very specific look to it maybe you're gonna get there but mm-hmm. when you say gelato art I have pictures. I'm going to drop them in the chat in a sec. <laughs> but like I would, does that mean like, cause latte art 
you like draw the thing out of foam on top of a latte and it's a 2d image were you making like three dimensional so there were options we uh, could pick i did a two-dimensional like carving on okay. my my thing xavier carved mount fuji <laughs> out of awesome. some chocolate gelato awesome so, like we're talking like close encounters of the third kind kind of carving mount fuji here like it was like it's to be more of a sculpting yeah, yeah it was yeah he had tools it was like he was just oh, like shaving bits off of it <laughs> It came in like a cylinder and he just like shaped it um and then created snow yeah like he had like some he had a lot of uh different pastries that we could like cut up and stuff and create things with so uh xavier made like a tree out of like a a, a green tea cake and like i don't know i don't Mickey was helping me make like some pretty things to go like next to my really sad looking dog. <laughs> so, but um, the best part about this is he was like chatting us up while we were, you know, doing our gelato art. Um, and he, I, I just thought, you know, he was making conversation. And so he was like asking us what we were doing. I say, like, oh, we went to Universal the day before um, with my friend and it was Andre. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that we went to Universal and we saw, he's like, oh, you, did you see Harry Potter? I'm like, yeah, that was so fun. It's the best part. And, um, and then he's like, oh, so what else are you looking forward to doing in Japan? And I said, oh, we're going to go see some wrestling. And he said, um, that Asuka from the WWE has been to his store before. And, um, and so, you know, we was, he was like, he was trying to figure out if we were into like sumo or if we were into like poo wrestling. Professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, Oh no, no, that's the one. <laughs> so, so it turns out that he was asking us this and I'm going to send the pictures right now to our group chat. He was asking us this because he decided to Photoshop our pictures with like images. Of, <laughs> like, like, fun oh stuff. my God. That's great. So oh. he emailed me these pictures of uh, for, for the podcast. <laughs> it's me holding my gelato, and then there are a, there's an Akita, and there's Harry Potter, <laughs> and there's <laughs> and for my husband, it's, not, it's the Hogwarts from USJ. It's not yeah. even like yeah. it, like Hogwarts from the movie or anything. <laughs> with uh xavier there is a uh two there's mount fuji <laughs> and then there's two uh uh professional wrestlers uh, ones i i mean oh i don't know who God. they are I, I was gonna guess but i actually don't can know we, who they are <laughs> we, we have to put these on the, the page yeah these are Alex, really please, good please feel free to use these as like the art for <laughs> I mean, for the, the picture for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it turns out that that's why he was uh, talking to us um, so much about, like, what we were doing and what we were planning on doing because <laughs> he decided to do this for us. Well, that sounds like a delight. Yeah, he is really great. The gelato was delicious. Gelato Vene in Kyoto. Highly recommend it. Did if you ever in Kyoto? Did you come away with the impression that this is a thing that anyone else on the planet does besides him? Um, <laughs> I don't know. 
Because this is the biggest question that I have is I have never heard of this before. <laughs> so, it's like, so oh, it's, yeah, it's... yeah, like I, I, we decided to do this because Airbnb in Japan right now is like super fucked up, and like we got our our um, our original Airbnb canceled, and because it was canceled, um, the they gave us. Um, like credit for for booking a new airbnb so we ended up staying for free in kyoto and then they also gave us like a hundred dollars to spend on airbnb experiences which i noticed that there were like a lot of like hey come to my house and i will teach you how to cook a meal uh, you know like a and, and or we'll make bentos or something and it's this was definitely the only the only making creative Japanese parfait arts, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, because I googled gelato art and nothing comes up. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if it's unique to to him, but he's been at it a long time. His mom, uh, like, went to Italy, fell in love with gelato, opened up the store, and he's been there ever since. So, <laughs> huh. but yeah, oh, okay, I take that back. There is weird ice cream face art. That came up and it's very disturbing. So, uh, yeah, I'm done looking at that. <laughs> but yeah, he was really cool. He was like, he could tell that, like, he gave us pieces of paper to to draw out what we wanted to do. And like I've said before, I am extremely not an artist. Um, and so he saw that Xavier kind of had an, an idea in his head that he was going with. And so he and he noticed that he picked up on me being like, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> and yeah. he helped me a lot more than he helped Xavier let Xavier kind of do his thing, his Mount Fuji thing. And yeah, I don't know. I highly recommend it. One of the choices was anime, and I didn't pick it, but I wish I did now. <laughs> I'm just curious about that. Yeah, like I mean, I think it was more just like he was. It was a list of like ideas more than anything else. But I mean, he there was like a picture of Frieza <laughs> on like the thing when it said anime, and then he pulled out grape gelato. So I'm saying it could have been done, but. I didn't Given that there is actually a dessert themed Dragon Ball Z character, it's a little odd that he went with Frieza. <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's very unlikely that this man has ever watched Dragon Ball Z. He's Japanese. He's seen Dragon Ball Z. It's like, it's law. <laughs> You've seen an episode of Law and Order, right? That's like, it's like what that. Dragon Ball Z is in Japan. <laughs> Right. They have fucking Vegeta advertising refrigerators. Like, <laughs> yeah. not, not Frieza, not cooler, Vegeta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put vegetables in the freezer, right? That's like Vegeta. Mm. I don't know. But <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. I highly recommend that store. We we ended up taking home some gelato while taking back to our Airbnb and he like wrapped it up in dry ice. It was like a whole process. <laughs> Took like half an hour. <laughs> but yeah, it's like delicious. Our, our Airbnb is ten minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like highly recommend gelato vene. Nikki. 
a lot of art. in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Andre, it's not that far from you. I I might go check it out. It sounds sounds like a good time. Yeah, my sibling and I want to go to Japan when they graduate college. So I think that I'll have to check that out. Be like, we're doing gelato art. Nice. <laughs> hey, we're from that podcast. <laughs> we're from the same podcast as that one. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah, like, hey, hey, a couple years no, ago. Yeah. We also went to USJ. <laughs> <laughs> but we like Spider Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Um, speaking of uh, good times, uh, I think Pat has everyone's favorite MOBA, Infinite Crisis, to talk about. Yeah, I'm. I have 2013's Game of the Year, Defense of the Ancients Two. Do they still uh, include the two? Is it still Dota Two? It's yep. still Dota Two. Yep. It is still Dota Two. It is, in okay. fact, like Dota Two. It's basically Dota Three at this point. Two point five. But uh, it's no. It's like Dota Three, really. Like, okay. it's a okay. huge overhaul. Uh, but. Um, they still call it Dota 2, and they will call it Dota 2 forever because Valve will never release a game with a 3. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the International has been happening the last couple of weeks. Uh, the main event has been for the last week or so, um, and it's been, like, a really, 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 really good TI. Uh, and I always watch the International um, pretty much every year. I think I've watched at least the the last couple of rounds of every ti um but the this year has been like something pretty special um it's there's just been the competition is like really fierce there's been teams from all over the world that have been competitive uh and it's resulted in a grand final that's happening right now um that is a rematch from the uh upper bracket finals uh which was one of the coolest games of dota i've ever seen happened there um and so if you if you've ever been interested in watching dota before i highly recommend just looking at some of the matches that have happened you really can't go wrong if you look at like any of the upper bracket or lower bracket semis or finals um it's just kind of an example of why people like this game so much uh and like why it's been so successful competitively um and there's been no there hasn't been the same kind of uh and i don't know where league is at right now but a lot of times when i watch finals for games even for overwatch it happened a bit this year there's kind of like a a meta where out of a pool of 100 like 100 characters obviously way smaller for overwatch but you see the same characters over and over again um and that happens to an extent in dota and it has happened to an extent in this ti but like every game has been a fresh lineup um and a fresh matchup and that's just like super super exciting to see it shows that the game is in a really good place balance wise because all the games have been very close too um so yeah uh, it led to me um playing a few rounds of dota in the last couple of days uh, famous last words yeah i used to play dota when i was in college um I was never very good at it and I only played it for like a few hundred hours, which is like nothing in Dota time. So like, I still don't like, I don't have kits for all the characters memorized or anything. Um, but, uh, I have a understanding of how the game works pretty well and a number of the like major items. Um, and I, the issue I had before was just the amount of time commitment that even booting up Dota was going to take. Like, 
even one game would take like 40 to 50 minutes. And that's still the case for real Dota. Um, but there is now a mode called Turbo Dota, which came out earlier this year as an official thing. I think it's been a custom game for a year or two now. Um, but they officially released it. And Turbo Dota basically plays kind of like League. Um, it's obviously not the rules are still the same as dota but um the 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 speed at which it plays is much more comparable to league um basically like xp is gained way faster gold is gained way faster towers have less health um and the career works in a more streamlined way so the career is a lot faster and it's you as far as i know you can't kill it um so like you can't steal your the opposing team's items it's just like you buy something and then it gets to you like five to ten seconds later um and it's just like a very quick like it runs gives it to you and leaves so it's just uh you play games in like 20 to 30 minutes instead of 40 to 50 minutes and i haven't seen any rounds go past 40 minutes really um so it's a fun way to like try out characters and it's less intense and people seem to be less, uh, people seem to be less intense too. Um, like I've out of four games, which means that I ran into like 20 different or, you know, 17 different people, 16 different people. Um, the, it, it no one was a dick except for one person that, and even they were pretty tame compared to most people being dicks and mobas um they just basically were like oh this team is useless at one point um but otherwise everyone's been like pretty friendly to helpful uh because i've just kind of like announced at the beginning of the game hey i'm getting back in after a long time so if i screw up i'm sorry and it's been encouraging i don't know it's it's definitely the most fun way to play dota solo that i've experienced since since i last was playing a lot that's uh, why i haven't touched it at all is because i've always heard like bad things about trying to get into it for the first time that like everybody's super unfriendly and horrible i think if you were getting in completely on your own you'll definitely encounter or encounter that but there's a lot of communities that will definitely like invite you into the yeah. group and be like okay let's play with five people so you're not with any strangers and then yeah like just learn it with kind of a, no, a low risk environment mm. i'm kind of i'm kind of looking at uh, i don't know that they have a community but i was going to look into waypoint and see if there's a waypoint group that plays that's one of the things that's nice about the game is you can get into different chat channels in the in the like main client so you can jump into a channel that has like 20 people or whatever in it and then say hey i'm new to the game i would like to learn to play could i play with people and not have anyone yell at me <laughs> and then you get people that know what they're getting into when they queue with you um that's good there's also a lot of i'm it, there are still ways it could improve but it has better onboarding than it has ever had at this point um it like boots you straight to a learn page where there's a mechanics tutorial and then you play a bot match with each one of each of the three main types of heroes intelligence strength and, and agility um and then they dump you into a queue of for your first actual multiplayer match they dump you into a queue with other new people if they can um sometimes i in my experience it like the search radius went out beyond brand new players but it also at the start of every game now has a little thing that pops up and says like remember to be courteous to new people and i know that the general response to that is like i roll whatever that doesn't mean anything but um there's actually a lot of 
suggestion that even just being reminded to not be an asshole to new players at the start of the game does help with, you know, even if it only helps with 20% of the toxic players, like it, it helps a little bit. Um, so there's stuff like that. Then Dota plus two is, has a, some really smart features to kind of kickstart you into understanding the game more because you can look at really in-depth information about your performance. And then it also has very in-depth suggestions on like, it'll give you a thing at the, out of the 120 heroes or whatever, it'll say like, here are four suggested heroes that are based on, what your team has chosen and what is good for you to play at your skill level and that's what nice. lanes they would be in or what role they would be in. And that's, hmm. it is part of Dota plus. So you have to subscribe to it, but it's like four bucks a month and yeah. it's a really good feature. Uh, it'll suggest lanes and item builds to you on the fly too. So, and if yeah. you don't want to pay for Dota plus, there's also the coaching feature, which yep. is great. So if, you're in a party with people one person can say i'm going to be the coach uh and they're basically in a spectator role so they can look at anybody's perspective so they can look at your perspective and be like oh your mouse is moving here uh try using this button or like they can draw on your screen and be like okay yeah try like clicking in this area like so if you have a friend who knows the game pretty well you could just ask them to be your coach and that 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 can be a really helpful way to learn as well yeah it's it's there's a lot of it seems like i don't want to oversell it because i don't think it's it's still not as easy to play as something like league but um it seems to be in a very good place right now both as a game to play and a game to watch which is kind of it maybe has been that way for a little while i don't know but um i kind of always felt like it was either like really fun for me to play but the competitive scene was not great or the other way around um and it's kind of cool that i'm feeling pretty positive on it overall right now uh and then uh also it's so wild there's so much stuff in that game now like outside of the core gameplay it's just like weird like <laughs> like every game has now like oh you level up individual characters and unlock new cosmetics and stuff but Dota now has like every character levels up. There's like a bunch of like different XP hoppers that your account levels up on. And then like right now the battle pass is happening because international is happening. So there's that whole thing. There's like Dota plus stuff where like you complete quests and do weekly challenges and then you get shards that you can spend on cosmetics, but you can also spend them on runes, which are like, <laughs> slot into each character and they track different achievements basically but like they're more cosmetic than just a standard achievement it is mm. like I, I bought a battle pass to get that game newel pack and it said that i got 10 extra levels like two quantity two of an item that gives you 10 battle pass levels just with the battle pass it took me like a long time to figure out where those things were to actually activate them. It's there's a lot in there. That sounds like a lot of the stuff they've added to league um, yeah. for like cosmetic stuff and like unlock like just being able to get cosmetics and stuff. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it it just has a lot of. It seems like they're they're doing the right thing. I kind of was the, getting the impression that Dota. MOBAs like Dota and League in general have been trending down in terms of players and we're just kind of like 
never going to go away entirely, but sort of on their way down. But I, I don't know, based on what I've been reading uh, with like around this year's TI, it seems like Dota is in a pretty good place and is kind of picking up more and more traction. I think they're just quietly being super popular as opposed to like being like the big loud thing like Fortnite is right now. Yeah. I mean, my- it seemed like for a while when they were the only thing going is really in far of like big production esports. Not the only thing, but like they were like kind of the main draw for esports stuff. Like yeah. they were huge and now like there's the Overwatch League. Uh there's um Fortnite stuff, there's PUBG. Um but it's like early 2010s it definitely seemed like it was basically like fighting games maybe counter-strike well and, and at the time fighting like games starcraft 2 fell off yeah and fighting games were so anti esports like yeah, for yeah, a yeah, while there so yeah but yeah. like but as far like especially because uh with riot developing their own like like production thing like the lcs mm-hmm. which kind of basically influenced overwatch league and stuff like that i think it now like everyone's kind of like going off and doing their own thing and it's not just like here's this one really huge production where imagine dragons is playing like a two hundred thousand person stadium in south korea <laughs> i think the other thing they were talking a little bit about this on the analyst desks for the international uh earlier today the other thing about dota in particular um, and to some extent league, but, but largely, uh, Dota with the way that it's competitive scene has been structured for so long. Cause the structure of the competitive scene for Dota hasn't really changed since it was a Warcraft mod really. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously when valve started, got involved, it got bigger, but it's always mm-hmm. been a tournament structure, um, where you have major tournaments that culminate in a championship. Um, yeah. and so they're now there are now like th- they're now like three generations in like the guys who who were the super super young talent when dota 2 really took off and ti started happening those guys are now like mostly coaches mm-hmm. whereas there's an entire generation in the middle that played extensively in the way that in the Dota 2 competitive scene and are now the older, the old guard that are actually playing on the teams. So like, because there's been multiple generations and the scene has had time to mature with Overwatch, you see these players that come in and say like stupid shit. They act like assholes. They, they like don't have any ability to like, cause they're all so young. They all come in at once and, are getting fined and dropped from teams and using racial slurs and we're not racial slurs, but I think just the homophobic slur was only yeah. slur used this year, but with Dota, uh, yeah. maybe I don't remember, but with Dota, they're at a place right now where most of these players could be total asshats. It's hard really to know, but it's very, you don't, you feel good watching it because everyone is fairly positive because mm-hmm. there's been all this, there's, there's multiple generations of players to kind of coach and bring in new talent and yeah. sort of, express to them how important an event like the international is so it it really creates a sort of um maturity to the way that the game is the game progresses that a a lot of other esports don't have yet which is kind of interesting based on like the fandoms and like the what you kind of associate with those games like i associate like happy like peppy you know, like, oh, I'm going to ship these characters and, like, have fun with all this stuff with Overwatch. 
And so I would assume like the people who were like really into it and serious about that game would be closer to that and not assholes. And then with Dota, at least my experience with League and like MOBAs and stuff is like people are just assholes when they play those games. So I would assume oh, yeah. that would be like a swapped thing. But yeah, I think you're right with since it's been so, like such a long fed thing, people are like no, not how to fuck up, or like they have people like, hey, yeah, don't do this. We're not trained how to not be total goobers. I think, in my hope, obviously, I've played four games in two days, so this I have no real positive anecdotal evidence towards this. But my hope too is that the same thing is happening a little bit with the community too. Is that mm-hmm. the the people that are playing Dota now are probably like the same people that were playing it years ago, and they were so toxic four or five years ago, but Mm -hmm. that they are also growing up and becoming less problematic as time goes on too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be, it's, it's hard to see. I think that, that, uh, because of how aggressively league of legends is marketed, um, and that hasn't really been for the last couple of years, but seemed like for a while it was so aggressively marketed that it was bringing in new younger players kind of all the time constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that younger players are getting siphoned to things like Fortnite, it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see how mobile communities continue to develop over time for sure. Um, one thing league did was they implemented this honor system where like after a game, you can say like, Oh, this person was, they were a good leader or they were, they didn't go until, or they were friendly. Uh, does, uh, and like if you get enough of that i think you get like a little emblem in like the loading screen so yeah. people said oh there's like a friendly person does dota have anything yeah, like that dota's had that for years i don't know where it is though <laughs> yeah that's that's the command system that's part of the profile yeah it's weird the post-match stuff in dota now is so like it's so overwhelming that i couldn't even mm-hmm. find where to do any of that it is very easy to tip people though with compendium with mm-hmm. compendium points or battle pass points mm-hmm. um so that is a way that you can reward people and that gives them yeah. that directly takes like tokens away from you and mm-hmm. gives them to someone for their compendium mm-hmm. level when the honor system in the league rolled out like six years ago uh it would just but you'd have to like go and like go to the person in the post game screen and then like say oh i want to honor them and like pick like five things or something and now it's just post game every game it pops up like here's your team do you want to give them honor for something you used to be able to give it to a team or like opponents if they were like a good sport or whatever uh but they don't do that anymore it's just you can say like you have three options for your team and it pops up after every game so if you want to honor them it's it's like actively prompting people instead of just like oh now you have to remember to do it and i think that's helping people maybe a little bit yeah i don't have the data but i think they've talked about how that's been useful for improving the community that's good that's, that's the way it's worked in dota for a couple of years as well i think they also changed it uh bear in mind i haven't played in a year uh but they changed it to you can only report people on your own team i think mm. uh so I don't know. I'm looking at a uh, post game screen cause you can pull up your post match screen for a while. And I've had the client running in the background. I don't really see any way to commend anybody. And there's also no way to report people like you can ignore people, but there's no report button, which is a problem. I think with steam at kind of a core level is like, it's very hard to report users in steam. So it may be that all that stuff is there, but it is definitely not in a place where it's easy to access. <laughs> Are you on the screen where you can still see the map or the one that you clicked after that? Uh, the scoreboard. Uh, I can't. So it's after 
it's yeah. not it's not still on the map like it's not still loaded in in fact actually i don't I, think it pops a screen anymore where you can still see the map looking at it it bounces you to this overview screen it doesn't actually show you any uh show you the map or anything like it used to it's a weird the interface is very different now so yeah. it maybe that stuff still exists somewhere but it's not as easy to access as it used to yeah. be i know where it was a year ago i couldn't tell you right now sorry <laughs> yeah all right well as i alluded to earlier i want to talk about my games that i've been playing uh both 2d action metroidvania e or dark souls e type games uh one first one death's gambit that is the more dark souls-esque and i i really like what that game is trying to do i just think it's combat falls so flat there's some of the issues you were talking about alex with dead cells where like the timing windows on moves from enemies are like really tight i've i felt that like 10 times that in death's gambit that i felt in uh dead cells because like there'll be like a boss character or something will have a move where they'll attack one way and then next frame they're attacking behind them where you've just dodged to and then you but like since there's a delay on when you can dodge again you're just like getting hit because you rolled into the wrong spot but you had like nowhere else to go and there's like no weight to the hits really like the animations are long like a dark souls but like you can get staggers and stuff but none of that really exists in death's gambit which i found to be very disappointing from the uh from the bits i played i ended up using like this big anime scythe which was like really cool i think scythes are really cool weapons in games and there should be more of them in games and they should be good <laughs> this scythe not so good <laughs> like and like there are other weapons that you find and you can use but i was, i really liked using the scythe uh and you have uh you've got like abilities that you get for your weapons uh i think you've got so you've got a bow or a ranged weapon and like your melee weapon i think you can actually do two melee weapons but i don't know why you would do that but the bows are kind of weak so you know this game there's a lot of weird things about it that i wasn't a fan of what i did really like was the artwork i think or at least the character portraits in like cutscenes and stuff when they're talking i think that is maybe my favorite character art of the year they just look so fucking cool and rad uh they're like i don't really know how to describe it um the game is like pixely pixel art but then the characters are all like hand-drawn really cool looking people like knights and like stuff like that there's some good gags like death wearing a like cooking apron and just like cooking in a kitchen just like why, why does death need an apron i bet bet his robes wouldn't get stained oh well uh and one of the things i don't like about or it's not even don't like uh like the story in like the souls games is always like inconsequential to me i'm not the person who's going to go and read like item descriptions to get lore and like here's what the story of this game is like i don't know there's a fire and i gotta light it or not light it and stop a cycle i don't know okay kill these bosses uh but with death's gambit 
while it's Souls-like in nature in like the kind of game it is, it doesn't it like actually tells a story like to you instead of you having to find the story. Uh, and I thought the story was actually pretty interesting and fun uh, and just well told. Uh, you're a knight, I guess, or you're part of a, yeah, like a soldier. And the game starts off after your party has been ambushed and then you are killed and death brings you back to life. And I guess that is his gambit. He is relying on you entering into a contract with him and you go doing the stuff he tells you uh, to find some other immortals and break the source of their immortality. That is kind of the crux of where you're going in the game. Your character, um, Soren, is looking for his mother, uh, who was also a soldier, who left when he was young. And the story kind of goes from there. Uh, you get a lot of like flashbacks to when you were a kid is part of the storytelling uh and like the relation get into relationship between the the families or the the family uh so i I thought it did a really good job of like telling that story i just wish it was more fun to play uh yeah oh the last like little souls bit is when you die you have like phoenix feathers or which is like your estus flask equivalent instead of losing all your souls when you die or like your experience points you drop one of your estus flask or phoenix feathers behind and then if you want it you have to go and pick it back up or you can pay like a f some experience points at like your resting places to uh, bring back whatever feathers you have lost so that was like a interesting kind of flip on the on the formula and also you can like put feathers into like at the, you kind of like kindling a bonfire but you put like the phoenix feathers into like increased damage so you can be like i'm gonna do 150 percent damage but i'm gonna have five less feathers to use for healing so like there's like a risk reward there so i think they do some really cool stuff just so they don't the combat it's a major bummer like kind of, um, of old metro like how your bullets could also be your currency. <laughs> yeah, there's like that. Well, I can use these good bullets and do more damage, or I can use these shit bullets. And similarly, yeah. like Metro, the combat is. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> it's such a bummer because oh, oh. there's so much cool stuff in that game. So wait, so how does like there's like a horse riding mechanic? How does that work? Uh, it's literally just like basically your fast travel. Uh, there's like a there's like a big tunnel that runs along the bottom or like yeah it's the bottom it's like bottom middle of the map and so after each kind of like area you'll like unlock a gate and then you can use the horse to fast travel between the areas okay hmm. so i you thought it would be more important but it's not oh you can't just whip the horse out whenever no it's only in the one area so sad. uh and like there's a lot of like platforming and running and climbing and like a lot of like verticality and stuff so like i think the levels are cool and the enemy designs are cool just i yeah the combat is not the best and uh also this will come in with uh guacamelee 2 
uh, which I'm also going to talk about, is I'm not very patient when I play games. I just <laughs> like this, and that it. leads to me getting frustrated a lot, especially in like difficult games with like souls like combat or platforming like guacamole where i just like i i won't wait and like take just a little bit of extra time to do it right and i get flustered and that i had some spots like that in um death gambit but then like i put it down walked away came back and i was like oh okay i, I can be this boss now i just had to you know take a breather and get get my stuff together but so yeah have you guys i don't know maybe this is just a me thing have you guys ever encountered that thing where you play a game like let's say a racing game or something and the very first time you do it you do really well and like every other time you do it you never do quite as well as that first time oh, i've had that so many times playing like Obas. i'm playing like league of legends i'll be like i'm gonna buy this champion and i'm gonna play him and i'm like oh man i'm gonna do so good and i'm gonna play him again and i'm gonna be like oh seven in like yeah. five minutes it's like every fighting game i've ever played <laughs> yeah like for me it's specifically like a uh, track mania like if you're doing a mm-hmm. completely new track that you've never done before you're kind of sight reading it and the first time it goes really well and then the next several times you're like oh i can't hit that corner even though i got it perfectly the first time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Anyways, it's sorry. <laughs> no yeah no that's, that's a good question uh and then yeah, uh, other game I've been playing is Guacamelee Two. Uh, I was a fan of the first game, so I wanted to pick up Guacamelee Two right when it came out. And it's it's more Guacamelee. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if any of y'all have played Guacamelee. I played it uh, on the Vita. So if you're looking for a Vita game, Allison, hey, hey. <laughs> I I played a I, I never actually finished it, but I played a decent amount of it on PC. I briefly touched it. I played it a little bit before I realized I like those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's like that same humor, same gameplay, uh, and like you know, for better or worse, it's the same. I think the combat's pretty good. Um, it's a little bit stiff. Uh, again, it's like the Dead Cells has kind of ruined me on this these kinds of games for combat at the moment, at least where. You can't really chain moves together. You can chain moves together, but there's like a big like animations that take a really long time. You can't really cancel out of them except into other special moves. And I haven't gotten any like quick traversal stuff yet. So it's like when I have to like uppercut and then like dash punch to like get up a ledge, it's just like, okay, this takes, it feels like it takes a little bit too long. Um, and some of the writing, some of the writing I think is very good and very funny. Like uh, I was in this temple and I'm going, you're going through and it's like the room is all white. Uh, Think like unfinished swan where you're filling in the room with like color and stuff. But the, the way you're filling in the room is by defeating enemies and their blood is just like splattering the walls, but it's in like purple and like green and like, you know, weird colors. And so you make it through this room or this like series of rooms and you get to the end and there's this undead janitor who like you've talked to throughout this temple and he's like oh man i just finished cleaning all those rooms i hope nothing happened to them you know they were so white you couldn't even see the walls and like oh well sorry janitor guy <laughs> i thought that was like a pretty good little gag uh they're like the concept of the game is you travel to an alternate timeline where you died uh in the events of the first game instead of beating the final boss you died to the final boss 
and um, someone else came along and completed your mission or your job. And so that's an interesting like, premise. Yeah. And so the game has you traveling between like multiple timelines and like literally it's called you're going to the darkest timeline. <laughs> that is that is the timeline you are uh, going through as the main part of the game. But you also go to like the Street Fighter universe or like the Street Fighter verse or whatever. I, they don't call it exactly that, but it's something <laughs> about Street Fighter. And then like there's a car that you can beat up. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like okay. very referential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a like the very first thing you go to limbo, and then there's like a limbo joke where like a big spider leg tries to get you before you <laughs> or right after you like leave the area. And it's like, like this is 2018. Why is there a limbo joke in here? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, so it I don't know, a lot of the jokes seem like out of like it turned into a turn-based RPG at one point. It's just like, like in one of those like, I just like, what is going on here? Like a lot of it seems like, like the writing and stuff seems very like old, old fashioned. Not old. There's a your mom joke, and I was like, really, 2018? Wow. Like, your mom joke? Okay. Like it wasn't even. It wasn't offensive or anything. To, like a your mom joke was ever offensive, but it's just like strange sometimes some of the some of the writing seems very good and then some of it seems like overwritten to be like aha we're gonna be this kind of funny which just why <laughs> uh but i like i think it's overall i'm enjoying my time with it the platforming sections can be super hard like that was one of the big complaints about the first one I think that people had was like, as you got towards the end of the game, it was asking a lot of you uh, in the like uh, platforming sections. And part of the mechanic is you switch between like the living and the dead world and like certain platforms or like obstacles will exist in like one world and not the other. So maybe you're like flying through the air and then you need to switch between universes at, or like you're like wall jumping but every time you jump you need to switch universes so you don't like land on spikes on the other side and like that can be pretty that can be like very rewarding when you're good at it or if you're impatient like me and you just keep fucking up in the same way over and over <laughs> and you know exactly what you're doing you're wrong but you can't fix it it'll be very frustrating sounds like they played some titanfall too was there did oh they, yeah the, play well, it was, that was the same thing in the first guacamelee so maybe yeah, that's Titan true fall oh was it in there or, yeah it was in the first one uh oh man i don't remember maybe yeah uh also was you know what no one ever talked about dishonored 2 that year when they did the exact same fucking thing <laughs> there was a lot there was literally the exact same fucking mechanic in one of the levels of dishonored 2 <laughs> no one talked about it Rip. Bullshit. Because it had stealth and Titanfall. Titanfall had mechs and you shoot stuff. (laughs) Titanfall 2. Good game. I'm not not disparaging that game or that level. I'm just saying Dishonored 2 deserved better. (laughs) I think even as someone who hasn't played Dishonored 2 based on everything that I've heard, you're correct. These games are so good. The people that have played Dishonored 2 and talk about it passionately talk about it more passionately than most people talk about most video games. That's usually a good sign that it didn't get its due. 
yeah uh yeah much like other immersive sims prey and stuff even i don't know even people i've heard i don't know how we started talking about dishonor too but uh even people who like like immersive sims like daniel riendo over at waypoint has talked about how like she's not really finished a dishonored game and i'm like what is wrong with you i love immersive sims and i've not finished a dishonored game they're so good i know uh, i would love to play one of them they're always on sale like what do you i know? own them all andre <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Why Do- are you playing Dota? I wish I knew. <laughs> Turbo mode. I'm playing Dota. That's what I'm doing. I learned it from watching you. Uh, yeah. And so that made that news uh, earlier earlier this week. Uh, unsurprising, but sad to hear that Dishonored is on, on hiatus for the foreseeable future. But I always thought I hope that was answer they gave as soon as they announced death of the outsider uh, so that was the last they, piece of dishonor that you'd see for a long time they i don't know it was recently reconfirmed i guess mm, okay. I, they they put dishonored in a interesting spot and so they could go back to it whenever yeah. I, I look forward to whatever arcane does i think they're one of the best studios going right now and that is woefully underrated i just really hope that bethesda values them as much as because prey is phenomenally good and like i know dishonored i trust that dishonored is i've played about half of the first game i just didn't actually finish it and i loved what i played of it and everyone that i respect and love in the industry talks about dishonored very highly so like but as i understand it their games arcane's games in general are almost always sales disappointments yeah so i really hope that bethesda maintains their team uh and doesn't like hmm. pare them down because of that i like i mean bethesda seems like a studio that they've got like all that extra money from launching skyrim over and over again yeah like and they seem committed to like doing interesting and like things that other people aren't doing and they seem committed to maintaining goodwill um in a way that Mm-hmm. a lot of studios there are a lot of publishers don't so i feel like that's their arcane is probably at the best place they could be <laughs> with yeah. them um uh, like arcane they they could i think the fact that they make immersive sims is the thing that holds them back the most yeah, they're so expensive. Is because that's they're so expensive and i don't think they have like the widest appeal like people yeah. talk about loving what is it uh deus ex and like Deep. stuff like that but they yeah but like that last thief game was bad don't even, oh yeah, yeah don't even talk about games, that but, no no no, no, no. <laughs> the last like two thief yeah. games are bad there are two very good thief games <laughs> like the people who love immersive sims fucking love immersive sims but yeah. they they don't have a wide appeal so i think it's a like, which is so weird but whatever yeah uh yeah when people love like fallout and skyrim like the things they love about those games and i think are done maybe so much better with like the yeah clockwork stuff i think is done so much better in on but maybe you can, too yeah and you can maybe you can manipulate that stuff differently in like a more rigid system like a skyrim or something i don't know I but because they don't feel as open is really yeah yeah because yeah, you're getting put into a very dense space instead yes. of like a more open space yeah. i all take the dense space over the big open empty space personally but um yeah 
give arcane a good a good license to do things ben. give arcane a harry potter game Ooh. oh my god shut Black. the fuck up and, <laughs> and, and also play guacamole too uh yeah it's no it, but but if, more than that give arcane a harry potter game yeah <laughs> uh, i i would suggest people play guacamole if you're into metroidvanias uh if like you like melee combat focused metroidvanias maybe like hollow knight like it's very different from hollow knight in like its structure and the way it builds things but like you know if you're into like the or like castlevania as opposed to metroid i guess uh if let's see what else what else if you like corny dumb pun humor that's uh that's very strong in guacamole luchadors Uh, if you like luchadors i like luchadors uh, there you go uh if you like chickens uh let's see uh skeletons like skeletons we all are skeletons (laughs) <laughs> some people don't like themselves uh, this, uh the last thing i found chicken illuminati wow weird that's yeah chicken illuminati uh that game it's it's got a sense of humor i i like its style i just i wish sometimes its humor was a little more like i wish they dialed it back on some of the stuff and like were more deliberate instead of just we're gonna throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. But I think most of it sticks. Just when they drop your mom jokes, I'm just like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Was this? Did you make this game immediately after like Guacamole One and just didn't release it until now?" Okay, but like the most challenging thing is that like Hogwarts is like super super dense, but not a very large area <laughs> of land. So like it would be perfect for Arcane. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah you go you know you'd have like a forbidden forest and yeah no it'd be very good very what good. about don't nod what if they made a harry no. potter game i'm not going to be happy unless arcane makes harry okay. <laughs> andre, broke, andre broke that license for me now because i never had that thought before <laughs> uh don't uh hmm. i could i could i could fuck with that if they did like I, they, they would have to divorce it from it would be like the movie games. They would have like dumb spots where you have to use specific spells, mm-hmm. and that would make certain things. Ha- I don't know. I don't. Uh, mm. I I like I like that universe. So like, if they divorced it from, I, just give don't nod like a magic game with like a creative magical system. That'd be actually pretty cool. Like, I would magicians and not like. But vampire or magicians instead of vampires, sorcerers, wizards. I would rather see a Don't Nod Dresden Files game. How, how about. All right, hear me out. How about <laughs> a Harry Potter game made by Quantic Dreams? David Cage directs oh, Harry no. Potter 8. No. 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 I mean, no, no. I can, I can no. think of no better pairing than J.K. Rowling. <laughs> 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 Okay, because I was just thinking, I'm like, okay, I-, I would accept any good Harry Potter game that was from, like, a legitimate dev, not just, like, a mobile dev. And then you said that, and I was like, uh, maybe not. What if Peter... What if, Harry what Potter if, game from a legitimate dev. What, about, what if, what if Peter, Molyneux, Peter Molyneux... Peter Molyneux... The house elves are not an allegory for slavery. 
<laughs> Fuck. Dude. Go. So if Peter Molyneux did a, a Harry Potter game, would it be kind of like a mixture of Harry Potter and Swiss Army Man? <laughs> That's what he would call it, but then it would actually just be like one of the movie games. Yeah. <laughs> Potter Molyneux. Oh God! Oh no! We have to end this podcast. That's yes. We've jumped the shark. We did that a while hours, ago. So I think. I believe it is. I believe it is time to uh, close out this podcast. Uh, as always, if you liked this show, if you didn't like it, you should also like our Facebook page and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play. But don't leave us a review. If you didn't like it, don't leave us a review. Hey, you know what? Yeah, no, yeah. Not only five star reviews. That we, that's uh, the only ones we accept. Sorry. Yeah, we, we know our, we know our brand. Rules, but... Yeah, we're not changing yeah. for anyone. <laughs> you know what? You can leave a bad review, but make sure it's five star bad review. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, fine. yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> this podcast is so bad. Like, you know, reviews are a continuum it, or they're it, a, a continuum, a circle. So reviews you, are a flat circle. You go so bad, you actually become good again. If you leave a bad five-star review, there's more chance that someone will see it because highly reviewed podcasts get placed higher on like lists of podcasts people should watch. So if you want someone you to go. see your bad review, you should make it five stars. Make sure your uh, you iTunes go. name is the same as like all your social media handles. So that way everyone's like, damn, that's a good bad review. I'm going to go follow this person on all the social media. And then your podcast can become successful. It's it's just mutually beneficial for everybody. Yeah. Leave a five-star review. Uh, You can find me on social media and direct your bad reviews at Coolslaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W on Twitter. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? I don't know if I should share it. But uh, we have an account on a new social no- network called Furry for Life, like oh, number four. I'm so happy. So it's furryforlife.org/gamingfix. Oh Jesus! That's great. That's great. Okay. No, yeah, uh, maybe we can get uh, Sonic Fox on here. <laughs> okay, see uh, that would be the only thing because he's he's rad. But uh, Allison, uh, where can people find you? Or you what's your furry t- life account? <laughs> no. You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And if, if there's one an account named that on furry for life, it's not me. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Eric? It's then 100% Alex. <laughs> It is 100% Alex. And I, I Alex. saying that, I was like, oh no, I put an idea Alex. in people's heads. Alex furiously <laughs> typing. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, which I started using again, um, at Erica spelled A I R E H C U H. And you can listen to my other podcast, Tempered Expectations, which I, Sam last week gave us homework. And I said that that was my homework assignment was to, to, uh, to, um, record an episode of that podcast. And I did, but we haven't posted it yet. <laughs> Those fuckers of WWE put on a good show for SummerSlam and then the days after. God damn it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> SummerSlam. I canceled my right. WWE Network subscription. I mean, yeah. That's the smart. That's the smart way to do it. That's what I did too. I canceled it. We we're focusing only on New Japan now, and also we've made the decision like this week. It's not on the podcast, but we've made the decision to focus only on adventure games too. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay, like point and click adventure games. Um, 
primarily, I think, but we okay. I don't think we're gonna leave it open. You should play the book of unwritten tales. Um, you should play full throttle. Uh, we're starting with Mist Three because I've never played it. But, oh, okay. I mean, um, sure. put those in the chat so I remember them. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, best boy, where can people find you? You can send your ideas for Great Harry Potter games to at Arcane Studios. That's Arcane with a K. <laughs> so A R K N E Studios, uh, and you can find me at Jester PC. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it. Once again, you can find us at fix.space or fix podcasts on Facebook. And all have a great life. Great day, great week, great time. Uh, enjoy the international. I hope all your favorite teams get to the finals. I'm excited to have well, a great dinner. The finals are happening right now, and none oh. of my favorite teams got to the finals. <laughs> uh, I thought the finals, wait, the finals are on Saturday? What the hell? It's happening right now, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, enjoy. I hope I hope the team you wants to you want to win wins. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Good, goodbye, Andre.